Welcome to this special Dream Emmy-themed edition of the TV Line podcast. I'm Michael Osiello. Over the coming weeks, we'll be sitting down with actors and producers we believe deserve to be recognized at this year's Emmy Awards. Included in that list is, of course, Miss Lauren Graham, who triumphantly reprised her role as Lorelai Gilmore in Netflix's four-part revival, Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life, which will be competing in the limited series categories. Lauren, welcome. Hi, thank you. So competing in the limited series categories, there's always drama around where Gilmore yes. Girls is going to be because you can't categorize it. I think that's part of it. It's like it, it defies categorization. But also this is trickier because it is a limited series, but it's also a returning series. Well, I'm not sure all the machinations behind the scenes, but I think... Uh, when it's always tough to have this conversation because it seems to presume that I think we have you know been I think I hate the word snubbed or any yeah. you know, it's sort of a weird place to be t- to talk about it as if it's something that should have happened by now. But when we were on originally, there was a certain amount of um, complaining from fans but from you know the, the press that the show was somehow slipping through the cracks and one of those complaints had to do with what category does it belong in when our first year we submitted in drama I was nominated for Golden Globe and a SAG award and then right before the Emmys they thought you know the show really has a better chance in comedy and we submitted in comedy and fell off the map <laughs> awards wise TV critics and stuff would still you know talk about the show but it wasn't, I think the idea being at the time Alan McBeal was in that category in comedy. And so maybe we belong there too as another sort of mixed, you know, dramedy type show. So when the discussion came up this time, I, I honestly wasn't sure how to feel about it. I think limited series makes the most sense and then it takes it out of that drama comedy. But... Uh, question, but now everything is a limited series, and the best television I've ever seen in my entire life is also in that category this year. So I think it's you know I think it's it's tough, but it's nice to be here with you talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad it's in limited series too. I'm I'm glad it's in there with with, with the big boys and girls where mm-hmm. where it really belongs. Um, um, but uh, it's crazy to think that your competition, and we're going to get away with this, away from this in a second, is for Oscar winners. You yeah. know, it's just it's insane because it just goes to show you how much TV has changed yes. too since Gilmore Girls was originally I wish on. It changed a little less because <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone, literally yes. everyone. There's yes. no line anymore. No. Well, and it's not even just that. It's some of really our finest. Oscar nominated or not our finest actors our finest performances shows that you know I am a TV Academy voter and I know you vote for what you already like it's nice to get screeners in the mail I try to watch as many as I possibly can or familiarize myself with shows you know I hear about and haven't watched but ultimately it's hard to take in especially now how much content there is and you tend to vote for what you like, you know, already. Mm. And our show has always struggled in that if you don't know the show, you might think it's for teens or for just women or for just young girls or for just moms or for, you know. Um, And we still, even in this Netflix revival, had so much reaction from Netflix even saying, 
God, we had no idea. I mean, you really have a lot of fans. The people like this show, you know, the people who had bought it because they understood there was an audience for it still were surprised mm -hmm. at the international response at the, you know, so we're, we've always, you know, we've been here before. Yeah. Well, regardless of what happens in, in July when Emmy nominations come out, one good thing that has come out of quote-unquote Emmy season is it's allowed you to immerse yourself back in this experience again. Um, and because I know it's something that meant a lot to you. And, and is, it, has that been nice, been able to sort of revisit it because it's sort of like it went away mm -hmm. and now it's back? I still, I'm still recovering, not recovering, but I'm still not over it. You know, I, I'm... And to talk about it again after not talking about it for a couple of months reminds me how powerful an experience it was for me. The whole thing, but you know, it was one thing back in the day when I was sort of an actor for hire and you couldn't really grasp what it was to be on a long running show until after it was over. Um, but the level of joy and you know um enjoyment and just the high i felt to go back to it was unbelievable and 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 it's hard to imagine if the, I, I don't think anything will ever top that so it's just hard to know what how to feel or what to do next you know mm -hmm. and and it's very difficult to communicate how special an experience it was and um and, and i do think you know there's an aspect to that show there always was of making it feel breezy and easy and light and fun and fluffy and and you know the truth is that writing is complex and really smart and and it's like putting on a little play you know and um and i miss it you know this project had been rumored for a long time it took a long time for it to come together does point do you you know sort of partly feel like I'm glad it took this long because it allowed me to be in the place where I was to really appreciate it in a way that maybe if it had happened two or three years after I wouldn't have been. For sure, and I, I would like to think no matter when it happened, I would have understood it better. But for me personally, this every everything about it was. Um, enabled me to be in a place I'd never been before, which was to be fully present in an experience that was extremely positive while I was having an extremely <laughs> positive experience. I never, I don't think I can compare it to anything, you know, I, and, and, and just the whole feeling of, of love and support around it, you know, the, the people who would grab my arm in the grocery store and say, we're so excited, you know, I, that kind of, knowing you were doing something people wanted as opposed to, you know, I just went through and I had a wonderful time, but a pilot season where it's so, to return to that level of unknown, you know, is, is um, more what I'm used to. And so there was so much kind of goodwill around it. Um, for me, it was perfect. And it was perfect the way it came back to that Amy and Dan could make you know whether people loved it or or not could do it the way they wanted to exactly you know could do it in this format could do it you know with no commercial interruption um with no creative uh you know being noted to death i mean the netflix people were 
fantastic and let them do what they wanted. So mm. all of that was perfect. All of that was perfect. I just literally don't know what I do now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Even its release date turned out to be perfect as far as, you know, I, I see it. We just gotten through this brutal election season yeah. and a result that a lot of people were not happy with. And yeah. then presto, Gilmore Girls yeah. is here for everyone to save the day. Yeah, and I know, I think, you know, for some people it was, it was, it was too, uh, not happy enough, you know, as, mm. as happy a show as it is. Uh, I know that, you know, that Ed storyline was, was, uh, gave it a, a, comp- a depth that it, you know, a darkness that it hadn't had before. I feel particularly proud because there was a big discussion over, there was talk of perhaps releasing it Wednesday, the day before, as a, as a fun surprise, surprise. Yeah. And, and, Amy and I felt really strongly, you know, there's just so much kind of sense of connection and loyalty to the, the people who are the reason that it came back, you know, who are the fans who have watched it and shown it to their kids and friends and whatever. And, and I kept saying, you don't understand, this is not normal binge-watching people. This is, people are having parties, they're planning snacks, they're... Festivals. You know, there's, yeah, there's festivals <laughs> in various towns in Connecticut, and, um, you know, and, and I didn't want, you know, I'm just picturing, like, kids running home from college, and it's already, really because of the internet, you know. It would it would have been a great idea, I think, ha- you know, was there not such an appetite for spoilers? Yeah. And, um, so I was glad that it came out on that Thursday. But it did make my book deadline because <laughs> it was right. originally the first or second week of January. Um, then they thought it should be Christmas and then Thanksgiving. So it kept moving closer. Do you remember getting the first the scripts for the first time? Did you get them all at the same time? Did I got get... them all at the same time. And it was maybe a day or two before the table read. I mean, it was really down to the wire. Um, various things were still being negotiated and, and, and there was, you know, as they always do in these situations, a very real threat that it was going to go away. I remember. going to happen. And, you know, (laughs) and so I didn't want to see anything until I knew it was happening and then something was happening and I read them slowly. I mean, I read winter because we had a table read the next day, but I, we've talked about this, but I, I didn't read them all right away because we were able, partially because of the way the town, you can't switch seasons. You have to shoot all the town in one yeah. season. So we were, it was vaguely in order. And so I could wait. And I definitely waited to read Fall and had very strange levels of aversion to reading it. Not aversion, but I just was afraid to see the end and afraid of being disappointed or afraid of it being over. It wasn't rational. It was just like, it was, it was, I knew potentially that was really, really goodbye. Plus Amy had talked to me about this speech she'd written and, and I, and she kept talking about it and wild and all this stuff. And I, I just, I didn't read it for the longest time. And what, where were you when you read it for the first time? I was in my kitchen, <laughs> sitting at the kitchen table. I was by myself at home. And it was a Sunday morning, and I think we were probably starting to shoot something on Monday. And I, I know you know this from the past. I've, on this particular press tour, have been more emotional than I normally am. I never cry, certainly not at work. I, I don't, you know, 
the toughest thing for me as an actor used to be when I had to connect to things really emotional. I, I respond far more to um, you know, language and the fun of sort of verbal sparring and all that. And I opened this page and I cried from page one to page 89 or whatever they were because they're really long. And it was just a big moment, you know, it's just, it was, it just, it just really hit me hard. Hmm. Did you feel a sense of relief that it was good? Yes, I felt, but I knew it would be good. It's just satisfying. You know, yes, it was very satisfying to me. Um, you know, I liked, we'd always talked about avoiding in, in the, in the original show, I would always say, just whatever it is, I just don't want it to end with a wedding, you know? It's just, we, we're such, I don't know, what we get to say about women and kind of what women need and who they are and what they go through is so um, special and I just, you know, my taste is to not tie things up with a, with a bow. There is, of course, uh, wedding in that episode, but to me it was so Amy. You know, it's they. It's sort of an accident. They decide it's for the moment. You know, Emily's not there. There's dancing and fairy lights, and you know, he pushes me on a cart through a thing. It just felt like a dream sequence from a from mm -hmm. a musical. You know, and and that struck me. It's why I know the musical itself in the show is controversial, or people felt maybe it was too long. I could have had an entire episode of it because to me that is partially what the show is. It's a musical. It, you could perform these scripts on stage, you know, they're very theatrical and, and um, I just love that, you know, it's such a strange, it's still to this day, it's, it's a weird hybrid of so many things that we, you don't, there aren't ten more like it, you know, mm. Bunhead's had, had a relation to it, obviously. Mrs. Maisel is, you know, has her voice, but I now understand in a different way, you know, the voice of your writer is absolutely everything, and if you can possibly be their, their mouthpiece, that's the place you want to be, you know, and, and, and then if you can like each other and have similar tastes, that's an incredible gift, and I have, have all that with Amy. Some of my favorite moments, almost all of my favorite moments from the revival are with you and Kelly Bishop. The scenes, and almost all of them are in the therapist's office, yeah. which to me was just a, a gold mine. Mm -hmm. um, every, it was just, every, I didn't want them to end. Yeah. <laughs> what was it, did you shoot all those at the same time? Yeah, we shot them uh, pretty much all together, and some of my favorites are also us in the house. Um, you know, when she comes down wearing my jeans, when she's giving all the furniture away at the end, sort of when I, when I, you know, replicate that scene of asking her for money and, you know, that's like the pilot of the show and, and just being with her, you know, is, is incredible. Um, and those, those therapy scenes felt different, you know, they felt like a different, we, something we hadn't done before. It's so much of the show is movement, movement, and, and, and kind of has an energy to it and, and that was planted and, you know, had a different... Also, nobody really speaks their inner monologue on that show. Lorelai is not in the habit of, you know, I'm really feeling like what I need is just not that kind of speak, you know? So, and, and I really thought that was a big 
a piece of that arc for my character was she's really having to grow up in some ways. She might have preferred not to, especially if her father didn't pass. You know, she's really facing her fears and her mom and her immaturity and, you know, um, and having to be thoughtful. And, and that's what those scenes let us do. Plus, you know, Kelly's just as instruments, you know, um, Peter once said about Ray Romano and I on Parenthood that like I'm a piccolo and he's a bassoon or something and, and I just love that idea of when you have two different characters, you know, they're really literally two different sounds and you could almost say that about Emily and Lorelai, you know, it's one's like blah, 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 and the other one's like Beamer, you know, <laughs> and we got to really hang out with each other and really kind of get into it and um, you know, the funeral and apt awake after the funeral when I wake up, I'm trying to have a memory, I completely regress to some horrible, you know, inappropriate, gross, teenage memory, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just the ways in which they endlessly clash are really satisfying. What is it like working with Kelly Bishop? It's, it's the best thing ever. I mean, she's deeply prepared, always. She is very, very considerate and thoughtful. Um, She's extremely generous, you know, um, in terms of just, she has always really lifted me up and, and been, uh, you know, vocally just so, um, just nice and complimentary and, and, and yes, go do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I like that. Yes. Uh-huh. Like she, she's like, you know, become sort of a friend, coach, uh, teacher, master, you know, something. And, um, and just as people, we really love each other and, and, and both understand and both had complicated relationships with our mothers and, and understand what it is, you know, the terrain we're, we're working in. And, and um, I think it's really both fun and possibly therapeutic. And, um, you know, we challenge each other as much as two scene partners who've really experienced a lot together can, you know. And mm-hmm. that's that was part of the joy of coming back to the show, too. I have a history with, never mind, you know, all these people I love personally, but a history with them as actors. And you you can go different places when you have that, you know, different than walking into something with someone you don't know. These characters have lived with us and in us, you know, for a long time, and they're very real for us. So you mentioned the pilot, Linda from HR, mm-hmm. which you recently shot. Um, what was it like? Because that's the first thing you did since Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's obviously a tough act to follow. But was there a, a bit of, uh, like, a reorientation of your mind that, oh, right, it's not always going to be like that? For sure. And this was this was something I was drawn to. So the, what's special, one of the many things that's special to me about Get More Girls is the voice of that character. And, and, and that can take you through, for me anyway, there can be a plot, there can be no plot. <laughs> there can be a town festival, there can be, you know, whatever it is, I know who I am and I know what my point of view is. That is a very, very hard thing to find. I mean, think of 
all the you know medical or whatever uh, law shows. It's not about necessarily. It takes a while to find the character within that structure of handling a case or a you know emergency. Um, so once I've once I you know having had that, it's. I'm not expecting to find that right away necessarily. I think it's really the hardest thing to find. What I loved more about this show was it a very ambitious premise. It was two fairly new writers who were very smart and I believed in their ability to craft this strong, tough premise over time. Like I knew they had enough ideas to keep us going because that show was really much more about something happens to this person and her whole world turns upside down and it, it was hard to picture but but it fun to imagine where it goes is it she's on capers she's hiding things she's it, it had some it was a comedy that had intrigue involved and I sort of thought the character part of it which was there but you know not like a Lorelai but we could we could continue to like work on that and craft that and 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 I can bring some of that, you know, and I just felt as a, as a, you know, I was a producer on it. it, it's, it met kind of the creative challenge I'm looking for, which is I really want to be part of the thing and not just show up and be like, what are my lines, you know, it's, mm-hmm. um, and so I got to do all of that, and this has happened, you know, before, it's, it is a cable premise, does it meet the demands of network TV? You know, I think all, most networks are trying to find, are we still a network? Do we do more stuff like cable? Do we do limited runs? Do we, what do we do? You know, it's still kind of finding its way. And I just think it was, it was not, it's the kind of show you need to have seen last week to see, watch, know what happens this week. And I think they tried it and thought, I don't think this is right for us. And I would so much rather have that happen now yeah. than like six episodes and then we get moved to Friday night or right. you know, whatever happens to right. like when, when you know, I, I, I always think like pilot season. I haven't even done a pilot season in a long time because I was on a movie last year and then we were doing Gilmore. You know, I haven't even gone through this. And it's really like an intense dating game. You know, it's like, Oh, I kind of like you, <laughs> you like me. And then unless in the finished product, like everybody falls in love, it's you should just part as friends, <laughs> you know? And I'd be like, I'll call you. No, I'll never call you. Um, because, it, you know, you've, you've seen things where they try to squeeze it and like make it work and like, you know, uh, so that was, that I, I'm glad we were saved. That fantastic people on it. I told you, Zach Knighton was yeah. like hilarious and great. I love these writers and, um, yeah, but so back, back to it, yeah. back to all the writing assignments I have that are overdue. Um, so what are you thinking in terms of the next step career-wise? Just you find something that you love. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have an idea for myself right now. You know, like I did a few years ago when I tried to do that thing about, um, late night talk, first female late night talk show host on network TV, which still doesn't exist by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like I'm pretty sure it's a half hour. Um, I really feel like I've gotten to do the, the family, even within Gilmore Girls, family drama and that kind of thing. And um, 
you know, I was watching at, at this thing that I did in New York, the Women in Tele Television, they had this various clip packages from the Paley Center and they were all so fantastic. And, you know, you see the like, it's still the stuff I love best, the Murphy Brown, the Mary Tyler Moore, the Lucy, the Carol Burnett, the Veep, the, you know, I'm not a comedian like that, but those are just the shows I love. I'm more maybe a Rhoda. Um, it was, you know, a little more Rhoda reboot <laughs> character driven. Um, and less, but if you ever watch Rhoda, everybody out there is like, what are you talking about? It's, um, it's not that joke driven. It's just kind of, it's true situation comedy and great characters that, so, you know, I'm not the first and nor will I be the last woman, woman who grew up with these wishing there was something like that, you know, mm -hmm. um, even do you remember that Tay Leone show where she's uh, she's like a tabloid reporter? Yes. Um, she and she lasted like, like one like, season. Yeah, and, but I like I, I, so, I for some reason I always think about that show because I love things that um, take place in like a newsroom or a, you know like I I, I liked that Tina Fey Great News thing. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's going staying or going. Yeah, it's staying. Yeah. Um, so that's already been done. So I guess I can't be in a newsroom, but. Um, I just always loved that as a world. I heard, um, I was listening to a recent interview you did, and um, you had been talking, I guess, to Amy about possibly doing making a guest appearance on Mrs. Maisel? Maisel? Maisel. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, I always forget how to pronounce that yeah. word. But uh, she just got picked up for two seasons. Yeah. Um, are we going to see you? What are the odds that we're going to see you? I, it's, it's not like we talked about it, talked about it. It's just... I was obsessed with that pilot when I read it. I, you know, in the throes of working for her, then read this thing. And I was like, wait, can't I be 25 years old? And the girl was like, wait, I'm not? What do you, uh, hold on, I'm sorry. How did that happen? And, and like, I was, you know, I was like, and the, whatever the character's name is, I was like, that's going to be, um, you know, uh, who, why can't I think of, um, the lead? No, no. Um, Alex Forstein. Oh, it's I'll like I knew that character's gonna be Alex Forstein. And there's a voice. So we do all these episodes, right? And Amy kept calling me or leaving me messages about my godfather voice, which I do in the show. Do you remember this when I met yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's that great. It's her favorite thing. <laughs> she would be like, she'd, she'd send me and she's like, oh. I had to edit it again, this Godfather thing. I, I fall over laughing. And I was like, for, for a long time, I let her do it. And then finally, I was like, I'm so glad you like that. Could you weigh in on the other 94,000 <laughs> minutes of the show? She's like, oh, that's fantastic. But this is really... So she gets a weird kick out of these voices. And there's another thing that I don't... I, don't, I forget the movie it's from. When I say, hooray for the Goldbergs. Is that what I say? It's like, no, hooray for the Bulldogs. It's from something. I think I believe me. No one is big enough. We need the real serious Gilmore geeks to get on this. Hooray <laughs> for the bulldogs! And and that's when we vaguely talked about it. I said if I came on the show, it should be like that kind of character. It should be like because I love the period, you know, that we're in, and like I want to be like completely different. Like you know, maybe mm -hmm. I'm like the cigarette girl at the something, or like I don't want to come over and be like, hey guys. Uh, does anybody have some coffee? I uh, can't possibly stay, but you know, like I just don't want to do the same thing. 
And in general, I just sort of feel like, whether it's, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to do the thing I've done in terms of being just like contemporary person. So maybe, I wish Downton Abbey was still on because that's really <laughs> um, So yeah, I don't know. But, and also in general, it's always funny to be a guest on a show, you know. Um, I would do it with her just, just for fun. Yeah. Uh, I was just, you know, did three episodes of Curb, Your Enthusiasm, and um, it was completely fantastic. But, yeah, you know. Let's talk about that. Okay. So what can you say about, are you playing yourself? No. You're not playing yourself. No. Um, <laughs> I'm playing, it was the perfect answer to, um, to what do I do now? Because it's completely not me at all. And I speak in a way that I don't speak ever and you know you get an outline and then you improvise around it and we were in a scene one day with Ted Danson and he was like he was like you can really I mean you know this is cable you can really uh you know think of like the the craziest thing possible and like my brain so doesn't work that way I I, I play someone who has very colorful language Expletive colorful? All kinds of colorful. Okay. Um, and you did three episodes of that? Yeah. And you're done. You shot them. I'm done. Yeah. And it was fantastic. And I um, I worked with Larry almost exclusively. And he's there's really no greater joy than actually making Larry David laugh. It would <laughs> only have, like, he really laughs hard. I always, I felt this way about, I did one episode of Seinfeld. And as I said back in the day, and as I said to Larry, you know, I had been on TV in a number of shows. All my Long Island cousins cared about was my one episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> and I was like, it really bought me like some cool points for a while. And now this curb will do that, I think, too. Um, but suddenly everything in life becomes a potential episode or discussion on curb. You're like, microphones, why are they, why are they that shape? You know, whatever. Like everything suddenly becomes uh, a possible conversation you could have. It was a really fun way of working. They all are so good at what they do and I was surprised you know because that's a reboot in a way too he walked he hadn't done the show for five years or whatever same group got back together and they really um yes it's fun and it and he they but they really challenge each other still and that was cool to see you know Jeff Schaefer who's the producer and director uh, or one of them you know he'll he'll really they stand up to each other and have a lot of dialogue to make sure that everything is as good and smart and kind of fleshed out as it can be. And it was just an interesting process to watch. Congratulations on the success of your second book, Talking As Fast As I Can, Thank bestseller. You. Thank you. Uh, bestseller that stayed on the list for a while, which I yes. never had before. That was really cool. It had staying power. Um, third book? Yes. Well, there's... So here are the things I'm working on right now. Uh, I'm doing a bonus chapter for the paperback of Talking As Fast As I Can, um, just so that there's some, because also for people who might just be interested in that, and also it's just like a little fun kind of where are we now sort of thing, since it was so kind of a rush to get the book out, and then just sort of talking a little bit about what it was like to promote it and promote the show and all, you know, sort of what happened since then. Mm -hmm. And then I am giving the high school graduation speech at my high school <laughs> because my father signed me up. And um, that's awesome. It's really difficult to write a a, a hopeful, helpful graduation speech. I um, it's fun to do, but you want to give 
somebody, you know, something that they can walk away with. And I don't even remember who gave me who gave mine. So I'm working on that. Then I'm uh, working on um, this old script that I'm trying to bring into the new age. Then I owe the publishers a whole other novel, which is I have half of, and then I put it down to do talking as fast as I can. So that is a big project. And then I am, I just got the rights to my editor's book, Windfall, Jen Smith's book, who is the editor I've been working with on both of my books, mm -hmm. wrote this beautiful book about kind of luck and love and a kid who wins the lottery. And I think that could be a cool um, movie. So I'm going to try to adapt that. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Um, let me review my notes here. We're wrapping up. Do you think you and Connie Britton will ever do something together? I mean, uh, sure. Selfishly, I mean, I know you guys used to be roommates and yeah. you know each other. I, f I feel like there would be a lot of excitement around a project with you and Connie oh, Britton in it. I mean, sh sure, I, I would love to. People, before we were actors and we'd like be shopping somewhere, people are like, are you sisters? So I can completely... Um, see that and and you know we we became friends because we were assigned a scene in acting class mm -hmm. and um she came over and we the scene was two girls getting drunk and she came over and we got drunk because we're method actors and um <laughs> so yeah that would be really fun i mean that's honestly it is fun to think about what next and in the meantime i have a lot of you know writing assignments to do and yeah i guess the fear or the the kind of what now is like I just don't know what it would be I don't know I don't know what it would be that would feel I don't know it's it's unknown I guess which is fine um and just lastly in, in your gut your gut of guts do you think you'll ever play Lorelai again <sighs> I I, it's hard it's hard to answer because I I would for sure do I think all those things are gonna come together in the way they did that was it's gonna feel like it's really something that everyone you know wants and needs to do I don't I think if uh, we've talked about this but I think if that were gonna happen wouldn't it have happened already I mean we could never possibly predict, right? We could never predict sitting here 10 years ago, you know. Um, I don't know. Do you, in your gut? You think it's done, I think. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. I think it's done now. Yes, right. But five years from now? Right. I don't know that it's done. Yeah. I, and also, because knowing how successful it was for Netflix, um, I... I don't foresee them maybe letting this go. But then why not do it now or something? Because maybe they know Amy has a show on Amazon right. that's keeping her busy. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I think with success, you know, begets more yeah. success. So Well, I we'll definitely, the, the, because all I can answer when you say my gut, because there's, if my gut ran show business, it would be a totally different place. So it's not, that's not what will make it happen, my gut feeling about it. You know what I mean? Right. I would I would do it. I've said that before. It really is what is the sort of, I don't know, both the business end, the creative end, all that stuff. When I picture the possibility, it's not 
like the four things we just did, when I picture it, it's a Netflix movie. So it's like a limited, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it would be in a new category, <laughs> but, but that's what I picture. And, and honestly, this became a little bit of a joke when we were on the junket, you know, where, cause somebody said to me, it's going to be like Christmas on Walton mountain, which for people under a hundred is, you know, this family show that they then kept making sort of movies of the week and, and bringing them back. But in the best possible way to me, what, what would be, I think a great next step whenever it is you know five years ten years is a christmas movie mm. what i can promise you yes. is if it happens you will be the first person i tell <laughs> exactly you've known more about me than me for so long michael why why have a change now <laughs> thank you so much thank you and i'm excited for your book too oh, uh, thank you michael's book Spoiler alert, the hero dies. I'm in the middle of it right now. It's sad and funny and good. Oh, thanks for that. You're welcome. September 12th, bookstores near you.